Hey, baby, we're going from Brooklyn to the barn today. It is a brand new <laughs> Village Vice. He is Zach Blackerby, and I am Brad Law, and I am in a hotel room in Brooklyn. And uh, you know what? You know what hotel rooms are notorious for, Zach? Um, that is, that's good Wi-Fi. So hopefully, you seem okay. You seem yeah. well connected as we good. record this this morning. Good. Uh, hopefully, it stays that way. Hopefully it stays that way. Uh, we're one day away from Auburn basketball against Notre Dame. We are just three days away from Auburn football against New Mexico State. Sure. And 10 days away from the Iron Bowl. So there you have it. And, um, Zach, we're going to get into some stat time today. I love stat time. Uh, we're going to talk a little offense and a little defense. And uh, it's it's a fun time to be an Auburn fan here in mid-November. No question about it. All right, let's start on the offensive side of the football, Brad, specifically looking at the wide receivers. And you and I have talked about this. It's hard to listen to any or consume any type of Auburn content and this yeah. not be a storyline. But when you look at when Auburn's inside receivers, slot receivers or Rivaldo Fairweather are targeted versus when the traditional outside receivers are targeted, it's just a crazy difference regarding efficiency. So mm -hmm. Jay Fair, Rivaldo Fairweather, Javaris Johnson, I'm just going to go over their receiving percentage. All of these guys have been targeted more um, than most of the outside guys. So Jay Fair, when he's thrown to, he's catching it 73% of the time. Rivaldo, 76.9% of the time. Javaris Johnson, 68.4% percent of the time right if that's all if that's your completion percentage mm -hmm. you are happy and Auburn's sure. winning football games right no so when question. Auburn goes to an outside receiver Shane Hooks has been thrown to 22 times reception percentage of 40.9 percent it's lower Cam Brown, than it's low and and I don't he has not been targeted the last two weeks Brad for what that's yeah. worth for what that's worth Cam Brown has been thrown to 16 times. He's caught it eight. That is a 50% reception percentage. Malcolm Johnson, 11 targets, five catches. That's 45%. And then Amari Kelly, seven targets, two catches. Mm. That is 28.6%. Yeah. So when you look at what a what your completion percentage is going against the going to the slot guys, Jay Fair, Rivaldo Fairweather. And Javaris Johnson versus going to these outside guys. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Well, there's a direct correlation then to why those guys have 30, 30, and what, 13 catches. It's why they're leading the team in catches. Right. The guys who catch the ball most consistently are the guys who are going to get the most targets. And you have to do that. You can't, you can't take a 50-50 or less chance on plays in the Iron Bowl. You may be able to against New Mexico State a little more, but for the sake of keeping the thing uh, keeping things in rhythm, yeah. You can't waste plays or, and not waste plays. You can't take a 40% chance on a play. Why would you take a 40% chance when you take a 70% chance? And sometimes it does feel like they're wasting it. I mean, there was a stretch there early in the season and they're throwing to these guys less now than they were at the start of the year. It's one of the many things that have changed about this offense. But on third down, I mean, they would go to Shane Hooks often. Yeah. And it just it seemed like it never worked. And then we, we saw it go, you know, they threw it to Camden Brown four times this yeah. last week in Arkansas. None of them resulted in any sort of offensive production. And 
I believe two of those four were on third down, which Auburn then had to to turn around and, and punt, bring on Oscar Chapman and punt the football. So I do wonder in the Iron Bowl, New Mexico State, is, it, it is what it is. Because I think you can make the argument for New, Mex- to, for New Mexico State to go to these guys more and just kind of see if they can get involved and kind of feel, you know, yeah. feel something, right? Kind of get in that groove. Uh, also possible tendency breakers. Seems like Hugh freezes into that as well. So, yeah. uh, but in the Iron Bowl, do they go to Jay Fair and Javari Johnson or Valdo Fairweather more on third down? I don't know. I don't know, Brad. And, yeah. and to be honest, I'm shocked how much they throw it on third and short. I'm just going to be honest with the way they're running the football right now. If it's third and four or fewer, yeah. I'd almost prefer them run the football. You know what's interesting, though, Zach, is they did try running the ball a little more on third down earlier in the year, and it did not work. Now, that was before Jarquez's patience became a focal point. So maybe that changes. And who else? Payton Thorne has become a significantly better runner down the stretch, too. That's I mean, right. The whole running game has just evolved. I think the offensive line has gelled more. There's so many components that go into an effective running game. You and I both yeah. know that. Um, so I, I feel much more comfortable about that. Now, th- there was a really clutch, I think it was on the first drive of the game against Arkansas, where it was like a, a keeper for Peyton, and it was yeah. a third and three, and he he found a way to get across the line. So I love the idea of Auburn running on third and fourth or fewer right yeah. now instead of going to some of these outside receivers. You, you're talking about the uh, the Auburn quarterback who has more rushing yards than Jalen Milrow on fewer attempts. Peyton Thorne, that who you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just just making sure. Well, you're always thorough, and I appreciate that, Brad. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball here. All right. Nehemiah Pritchett, Auburn's corner, has been targeted 17 times this season, which is low for yeah. a starting corner. Usually yeah. tells which as they don't want to go that way. He did miss the first few games. Right. So. He's allowed just six catches, Brad. That's 35%. 68 yards all season. And in that, he's had a pick and two pass breakups. If he was an NFL corner, he would be allowing a 23.7 NFL passer rating. Man. And that's on the other side of DJ James. That's right. Um, yeah, Coach Free said Nehemiah has played his best two games the last two weeks. Isn't it interesting that you're hearing the same refrain about a number of guys defensively? Linebackers have played their best the last two or three weeks. Nehemiah's played his best the last two or three weeks. Um, when you can take out a couple of components in the passing game, can when both of your corners become these shutdown type guys, when whenever they target a cornerback and they're only going to complete it about a third of the time. And that's just a completion. That doesn't necessarily mean first down or you know the drive continues. It's just the completion. Um, yeah, man, he's you, you talk about if he was an NFL cornerback, he'll be there. He'll be there because what he's doing is is pretty pretty incredible. You're taking away components of the of the other team's passing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact usually like the number two corner gets picked on more yeah when the when the first corner is as good as dj james is but that's not the case here because nehemiah is holding his own and nehemiah i think gets a lot of crap from the auburn fan base that is not deserved i'm just going to be honest over the course of his entire career i think he's been i think he's been underestimated by his own fan base 
And now I think folks are starting to see it. And I'm really happy for that guy. What now, Zach, you're the DB guy, right? I mean, you're, you're the, I love love cornerbacks. I love them. So, so break down Nehemiah Pritchett and DJ James for us, if you will, what makes them such quality corners? What makes them successful? What do they do well? Yeah, they're, they're both physical, and I think they're both very intentional when, whenever they're going to a certain spot. They're not just floating around, whether they're in zone or in man. They, they know what their assignment is, and they attack it. They're both aggressive players. DJ's got more of a knack of playing the ball when it's in the air. I think Nehemiah Pritch is just such a good athlete, and he's so big for what he's able to do athletically. He can stay with other guys longer than than a lot of corners his size can. So I, I do think they do different things, but they're, I mean, they're both extremely aggressive and they both play in this scheme so, so well. And I think a lot of it just has to do with they're more athletic and better than the opposing wide receivers on the outside. And yeah. I think they also understand that like at the college level, you don't have to be perfect. And so they're able to kind of create these windows and then use their speed and explosiveness to close on the football when it's in the air. And they're both really, really good at that. Yeah. So the last three Auburn opponents have passed for about on average, 150 yards a game. The last three opponents have been trailing from very early in the game. So you would think they would, they would be passing the ball more. They're just not having success because Auburn's corners don't allow a lot of success. Yeah, and Vandy kind of ran out there. It kind of seemed like they wanted to pass the football. They've got that receiver they really like. His name is escaping me at the moment. They went to him early. (laughs) Excuse me. So sorry. Uh, But they went to their their receiver that they liked early and often, and then they just couldn't anymore. Mississippi State was going with their backup quarterback, but he threw it like 40-something times, didn't he? Yeah. It was a lot because they were down by so much. And it just yeah, – I think he threw for 50% in that game. And so Auburn's DBs just – they took care of that one. And then KJ, yeah. he didn't have enough time to throw the ball last yeah. week against Arkansas. I mean, the pass rush was just so relentless. So, yeah. Um, so pick – I mean, that again, though, that's – what a recipe for success, right? 100%. Grab 100%. an early lead – Put the other team into predictable passing situations and then have two corners who allow a catch a third of the time. Baby, you're going to win a bunch of games. When Why are you saying baby so much That's today? your formula. Huh? Why are you saying baby so much today? Are I you fired know. up that you're in Brooklyn? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They say that a lot here, I've found. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You so the Brooklyn culture, I've never been. Yeah. Never been. And you know Brooklyn, I don't watch movies. Brooklyn culture is so. big on baby. Okay. What's been the other other than the word baby? What else has stood out the most about your trip to Brooklyn so far? It's been about it. We got in late last night and uh, had an ice cream bar at the at the hotel. That was kind of nice. Really? Um, yeah. What today? Today is exploration day, huh? What'd you go with for the ice cream bar? Oh, Zach. Um, l- little vanilla, little chocolate, little, little Reese's on top. Strong. Just, you know, you need that at 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. Um, did anybody, uh, did you notice any of the players that just went all out on the ice cream bar that you were impressed with oh, their ice cream game? Oh, have you ever seen basketball players eat? They all went all out. Like they all had these massive, 
uh, like they're trying to replicate the skyscrapers in Manhattan with with their ice cream. Sure. Got it. All of them. Did Nobody you hear, stood out because they all just went nuts. They're all. Yeah, they're big boys. They got to eat. That's right. Are they call? Are they saying baby more? Or do you think it's just a you thing? Uh, you know what? I think I've heard KD say it. Um, I don't know. But then again, you hear KD say everything. KD is so loud. KD is the loudest human being that I've ever been around in my entire life. That's a statement. Yeah. You've been around a lot of athletes and a lot of, you know, big personalities, but I believe you. He's I so 100% loud. believe you. He is so loud and you're smiling all the time. No, today's exploration day, by the way, Times Square and a bunch of other cool stuff. And uh, then we're going to go find one of the really nice. So I'm separate from the team tonight. So I'm going to explore and, and find one of those really nice Brooklyn restaurants. So anyway, cool, man. not, let, let, not let that everybody needed to know that, baby. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we'll get a recap on that when we record the show tomorrow. That's right. Uh, all right. You know what else I'll have you saying, baby, a lot? My bookie. My bookie, baby. A-G. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, make your free account at mybookie.ag. And then when you make your first deposit, use promo code baby. Just kidding. Promo code next round to get a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000, baby. You want to ride or die with mybookie.ag. Once again, use promo code next round. You've got a bunch of extra chat. I think Auburn's favored by 21 and a half at mybookie.ag. So if you feel passionate about that, you're like, well, we beat Arkansas by more than that on the road. We should be able to beat New Mexico State by more than that at home. I'm there with you. I think Auburn covers on Saturday. So once again, mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. I want to go back to the offensive side of the football for a second, Brad. If you All right. Mind. I don't mind. This is from Kevin on Twitter. He tweeted this to me. I did no research on this because Kevin did it for me. So you're just taking a tweet and you're running with it. He tagged me. I okay. feel like that's a, hey, you can have this, right? Sure. And I'm giving credit. It's almost it's almost a DM. <clears throat> the public DM is what it is. That's, that's exactly right. We prefer public DMs, by the way. What are you, what are you hinting at? Nothing. That it? You done? Okay. Rivaldo Fairweather. For now. <laughs> Rivaldo Fairweather needs three catches and 108 yards to catch John Samuel Shanker as a single-season record holder for catches and yards for a tight end in Auburn history. Which is wild because they didn't <laughs> use him in the passing game the first game of the season. But, yeah. man, down this stretch, he's been a key, key part of it. Yep, and I think he will sail right by those numbers, don't you? I mean, I, I don't think it will be close. Yeah, I feel better about the reception record mm -hmm. than the yardage record. Um, because, sure. Because with, with other than that big one that he had against Vandy, a lot of his stuff hasn't been like chunk yeah. plays. It's just been, you know impressive because a lot of it was in the red zone and touchdowns and things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess he's got the two the play at Cal on the third down conversion on the last drive that was down the seam. That and the Vandy touchdown are probably that probably makes up 30% of his yardage for the season. Those two plays alone. So, yeah, red zone weapon, that's a good point. Now, the question is, do you see him to go back to the first point that we we're making? you line him up at the outside? Do you just target him more as a regular part of the passing game outside of the red zone? Do we see more of that in the Iron Bowl? You know, maybe that pushes him over that uh, that mark. But yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't think Auburn has a ton of pass catchers that can just win one on one matchups against Alabama's defensive backs. Mm -hmm. I think Rivaldo offers a mismatch with his size and ability to high point the football. Yep. 
that you're going to have to target. So um, I will say that he gets more than 108 yards, especially if he plays in the bowl game. Well, that's what I was going to say. You got three games left. So can he get 35, 40, you know, 35 yards a game? How confident are you that Rivaldo plays in the bowl game? Pretty confident. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think I mean, he's a draft pick as it sits right now. Yeah, but I think, yeah. And while I haven't heard him specifically talk about it, I have heard a lot of guys on this team talk about the importance of making the game, playing in a bowl game, having the opportunity to play in another game. Yeah. And so I don't think you'll see the the same high volume of guys sitting out that you might under normal circumstances. So um, now again, Rivaldo wasn't here last year. He didn't miss out on it last year at Auburn. Um, he is draft eligible. It's more possible, I guess, with him, but I think the culture right now is most of the guys will play. If I that, had to that's get. kind of the feel I'm having too. But some of the draft picks I do wonder, like, I don't mm-hmm. think it makes sense for DJ James to play in a bowl game. I don't think it makes sense for Nehemiah Pritchett to play in a bowl game. And I also think you can make the argument for the defensive backs, it's better for Auburn next year if you let Kay and Lee play a full game and some of these other guys play a full game. But Oh, no, look, that's a separate conversation altogether. Bowl totally. games, if if you're not playing for uh, – if it's not a playoff bowl game, I have often thought let all of the young guys play. Give them a full, give them a full game. Now, if you have a senior who just says, look, I want, I want the experience of playing, then, of course, you honor what that guy wants to do. Right. You honor what the players want to do, but strategically – that should be a game for all of your young players, the guys who have a major role coming up for you next year. Go ahead and get them a game that doesn't hurt you to lose. I've, I've never thought bowl losses were a big deal. Um, I just, you know, pl- play them. Play them like exhibitions and and get those young guys playing time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the – that's stat time for this week. It was a really good stat time. Thank can you. I tell you about Lance'sLock.com? Sure can. All right, if you're playing NFL, if you're playing college football, if you're playing NBA, um, college basketball season is here as well. Lance's Lock is the place to go. Uh, Lance is having a good year. And so uh, you want to go to lanceslock.com to help you make your picks. Right now you can get monthly packages, annual packages, um, and and you can get a really good deal on monthly and annual packages. Go to lanceslock.com. Once again, that's lanceslock.com. All right, Brad, when you uh, when you look at this matchup on Saturday with mm-hmm. New Mexico State coming into town, this is a New Mexico State team that I think is a lot better than this uh, this team we thought would look at the start of the season. They're winning a bunch of games. They really, really like their quarterback. What's your mindset going into this? Because I'm not in this whole camp where like, oh, New Mexico State could really like mess it up. Like you can't yeah. look ahead type thing. I'm not really in that headspace this right. week. Should I be? Oh, I don't think so. I, I don't think from a from a standpoint of New Mexico State can win the game. I, I think that could Auburn come out and look sloppy because they weren't focused and and respecting the opponent the way you should. I do believe you should respect every opponent. And sure. I think Coach Freeze talked about that in his Monday press conference. And the players have talked about still being hungry. And so for that reason, I don't think you're going to see any sort of letdown. Um, but that's – if you talk possibility and feasibility, 
it's possible that the players are looking ahead a little bit to to the Iron Bowl, and you know now you see this momentum that you've created over the last three games, and you go, all right, things are going fine now. But I think because the first half of the season was such a struggle, now yeah. that things are going well, now that they've seen what it is to stack wins, and they they know the work you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to stack those wins. I would expect that that's the same formula that they're putting in place now. By the way, when is the last time Auburn won four straight games? Did they do it in 19? Did it to start 19. They won five in a row to start the 2019 season. Not since then have they won four games. That is crazy to me that it's taken this long to get back to that spot. But that's where they are. That is crazy because the first year of Harson. We they were played, like they won two, but then went to Penn State. Right. Because we were in a situation where, like, oh, if we beat AM, we're a top 10 team. Yeah. But then that didn't happen. And then we lost a lot after that. But yeah. it's because we went to Penn State. That's right. That makes sense. That's right. That makes sense. And boy, do people love a quality loss these days. <laughs> it's wild. Watching <laughs> that CFP thing last night, Kirk Curb Street, who I think yeah. is the best in the business. Loves pointing out quality losses. He loves it. So, all right. You know, the playoff deal, and it will be more, more this way next year and beyond. What's frustrating about the NCAA tournament is, uh, when we talk basketball, is that the criteria seems to shift year by year. It's yeah. going to be even more that way with football. Well, is it about quality losses or is it about quality wins? Is it about how you finish or is it total body of work? I promise you that's going to be more frustrating for fans to talk about over the over the course of the next few years once the expanded playoff is implemented. But yeah, I think so. And like I've got a real problem that Washington's still at five. Like that just mm -hmm. doesn't like I don't know how you can watch them and think that there are four teams better. Yeah. Um I agree. Well, Ohio State at one for a few weeks was really, really strange to me. Michigan, I get why they're at three because they haven't played anybody, but they're just destroying everyone. So I I, have, I, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. But like FSU is not better than Washington. I firmly believe that. But when I, you look at what's coming, I'm sorry, Brad, but when you look at what's coming up, it's like I see what they're doing. Like if Washington wins out or whatever, like they're going to be in, right? So I, I don't know if the CFP committee is really ever messed up. I think their means of getting there by the end of the season is a little wonky. Yeah, but I, I think they've gotten it right every year as far as maybe not the order, but I think they've gotten the right four teams every year. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I detest the fact that we put out playoff rankings right now. I, I don't think that's necessary. I don't like that the NCAA tournament puts out top four seeds before selection Sunday. And that's not just old school get off my lawn type stuff. That's why it doesn't mean it. it's. It's TV programming. It's talking points. We already have rankings. We have the AP and the coaches' polls. Um, you can do away with a lot of this negative discussion and drama by just saving the selections for the end. What but we want wrong? the drama. Like, let's what? be honest. We want no. the drama, Brad. We want Man. it. We crave it. But what was wrong with looking at your schedule in the middle of November and you're ranked number five in the AP poll and saying, yeah, but you know what? If Washington loses or if Florida State loses or if Texas loses or if any of these teams lose, then we're going to slide up. And what's wrong with that? You had that drama anyway. So your issue is with the CFP committee. We don't. You don't think we need it. 
I don't think we need the rankings before selection day. Just wow. like the NCAA tournament. We have we, we have polls, we have rankings, and then when the committee makes their selections, then they justify them, and then you're done. Then you can react to that all you want to. What does it matter to react? I get, look, we're in a content-creating world. We're doing it right now. Totally oh, understand awesome. that. Totally understand it. Yeah. But what all the, the, the hand-wringing and the gnashing of teeth that we do on November something that starts with a one over college football rankings – that doesn't mean anything a week later or two weeks later or three weeks later. It doesn't flipping matter, baby. So I just don't like it. Get off uh, my lawn. That's okay. That's okay. Florida uh, State, by the way, Florida State, best wins, right? Total just domination of LSU in the second half on Labor Day. They beat Clemson on the road in overtime. They beat Duke in a home game, beat them pretty good by 18 points. Those are their best wins. Yeah, and it best looks like wins. they'll get a chance for another top 10 win when they play Louisville. Sure. Yeah. So, those those wins nice. aren't better than Washington's wins. No, and Washington, I mean, that win against Oregon mm -hmm. was huge, and then they're playing Oregon State yeah. this week. They beat Utah last week. Yeah. And they beat USC. I mean, they they have good wins. Anyway, yeah, and, and they've, yeah, they're very good. Yeah, Penix is the man. Brad, I think that about does it for today's show, baby. It does. Yeah, thanks everybody for watching. Until next that. time, remember everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Yeah.